It's, uh, and I think people on Twitter, they know I'm an atheist, and they say things like, oh, what's it like after you die? And I go, what was it like the 13 and a half billion years before you were born? <laughs> it's, it's probably like that. I think, <laughs> I think we're like tourists, right? We didn't exist for 13 and a half billion years. That's interesting. Then we've got, like, 80, 90 years, if we're lucky, yeah. and then we go back to never existing again. So you've yeah. got to make the most of it. It's amazing, life. It's brilliant. There's wow. so much to live for. This is bullshit. America's leading industry is still the manufacture, distribution, packaging, and marketing of bullshit. Hello, everyone. Hi, guys. Yes, and bullshitters out there. Yeah, welcome to the Necessary, Necessary Bullshit, bullshit Podcast. Podcast. We're an ongoing experimental conversation podcast where we like to have our core values be self-education, boom, deep conversations, hell yeah, and intellectual skepticism, boom, that pretty much covers it. So, guys, we had just finished doing our huge series for the month of November, our, our kind of main three world religion series, and I know we throw we threw a lot at you. We really did. Uh, we really did. But Ian and too I much learned for ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like I, but, uh, let's be honest. Before we recorded our our last one on Christianity, I, I admitted to Ian that I was very happy that we're going to be ending the series soon because the amount of research <laughs> is exhausting. You know, and trying know, to. I'm sorry, I suggested it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, but it was important and it was fun to learn. You now, there's a lot of stuff about Judaism and mainly like I had no idea about Islam, so it was really fascinating for me to learn about that. Yeah. about that culture and about that that view of beliefs i definitely learned the most from that episode. yes i did yeah. and and however you know our christianity one is is also chocked full of information and we just decided that because we've just covered the three kind of main religions let's kind of have just a brief conversation on maybe belief and religion and the culture implications and kind of what ian and i do best and yeah and we'll be honest this is going to be more more subjective i think with what ian and i kind of personally believe as opposed yeah, to, uh, sure. to claiming factual knowledge yeah. Um, and then granted, too, it's like, again, we're not here to you know offend anybody directly. These are just what we subjectively believe. <laughs> and we understand. I love how you say that. Like, we're not here to offend people specifically, but we're going to be offensive. Well, <laughs> what I'm saying is that, like, you know, if we're going to be talking about what we believe and how we go towards, like, I just think that I just want people to understand and take this with a grain of salt that if you're a religious person, just get that we're not going to you know persecute you for being religious. So we hope that you don't persecute us for possibly being non-religious because i think i can say with all 100 percent certainty that even though ian has admitted in my myself i'm sympathetic <laughs> to religion and i want to talk about the good qualities as well however i would not consider myself a religious person oh gosh no i mean i <laughs> i uh, i think you're the most irreligious person i know no that's uh <laughs> no i i don't consider myself religious either and you know maybe we can start off with just uh how I, i'm sure we've mentioned it before but how we started as maybe moving away from religion and we can help in that inform us going forward through the rest of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Because at some point I, I really want to bring up, you know, again, I don't just, it's like maybe just cause I'm just, I rapidly listened to a bunch and not to bring up Sam Harris again, but he just had a, uh, his, his second to most recent episode was with Richard Dawkins and Richard Dawkins talks right. about his foundation and some of the things that he's doing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, as far to, as far as like translating, you know, intellectual work into different languages for people to read and, and to gain new ideas and to try to come up with their own, you know, version of what they want to believe. 
And, uh, you know, I think we'll, we'll just get into that too. I'm really excited for this conversation. I think it's going to be really interesting to kind of dive into what we believe is kind of going on here yeah. when it comes to, because well, especially coming off of the, the, you know, the, the religious series that we just did was so structured. Uh, and I've been kind of longing to yeah. have a bit of a more unstructured Free, open, conversation. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. So let's, let's see where you want to start. Um, I guess I could talk about like why, I mean, the sort of my move into irreligion, I guess. Sure. I how mean, about we, I, how about we know, cover your kind of chronicling, uh, briefly of your experience with religion and we'll yeah. get into mine. And we'll you know, so, I mean, I, I brought up a little bit in last episode, you know, I was sort of raised in a, in a Christian, you know, air quotes, uh, household, you know, where, you know, we went to church every once in a while. We believed in Jesus and, and did that whole shebang and, you know, it was very like nonspecific. It was just like, Hey, you know, we're Christians. Right. And, you know, there, there were times throughout my life where it was, I thought that like, man, if only this could go right, you know, if only I talked to God about it or pray about it, you know, then that things would go right. Especially like as, you know, when we moved to central Oregon and my parents, uh, separated and like, I was, go you know, I was a teenager. So a lot of things weren't making sense to me at the time, you know? And so I would, I don't want to say often, but every once in a while I would try to talk to God of like, man, if you could just make this happen, you know, it was like, it was like asking for, you know, presents on Christmas or something like that. Hoping Santa Claus would know what you're talking about. Right. Sure. <laughs> you know, we talked about that bit last podcast, but, uh, you know, so it's one of those things where just like, man, if, 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 maybe if I, if I really like tell God how I feel, you know, about this sort of thing to maybe make things a little bit better, things didn't work out that way. And, um, it was shortly thereafter when, you know, I was like 18, 19 and I started getting into smoking pot and started living with people who were into very crazy stuff, you know, like, I, well, I don't want to say super crazy stuff, you know, but the, the internet was rife with, yeah, uh, yeah. with some insane stuff. I mean, you know, we, it's funny before we recorded this podcast, we watched this little short, uh, uh, I'm going to say documentary, but uh, it was more of just well, mockumentary. Yeah. Maybe. No, yeah. But, but yeah. most people might remember them. They're the, the zeitgeist uh, uh, conspiracy videos. And I was telling Ian, I, I discovered the first one and I think it was in 06. And, you know, I was just like, I, you know, it got me to think I'll give them that. Um, but granted, I think they had three main videos. One covered, um, one covered the kind of false, they're basically trying to falsify religion. One of them tried to falsify nine 11 saying that it was an inside job. Wow. Yep. Really? Yep. Yeah. And then the third one that I remembered seeing talked about like, uh, like Illuminati or the secret society about the, the Rockefellers and the, and the, all the top people in the world. And they're, they're kind of like they, we have the inside scoop on, on their version of total world domination. Yeah. Um, so yeah, wow. those are the three main zeitgeist videos. Ooh, man, that I remember. That's, I went down a rabbit deep, hole, yeah. you know, Again, that's okay. That, I mean, this is back, so did I, you yeah, know? this is back in the day when the internet was still kind of fresh and new and it w wasn't like it was in the nineties. It wasn't exhausting, well, but it know, was also like at the time, like we're teenagers, we don't have the mental faculty to like do the, like, we're yeah. However, and... nobody talks about how when MySpace first came out, they had all of us coding and we just kind of figured that out. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> nobody yeah, forgets for sure. that you had to like code to get your music on. And I was like, oh, oh my yeah. God, they're teaching us straight HTML scripting. I'm just like, this is hilarious. Yeah. And we're all just doing it. We're like, we, we're no fucking, we'll figure yeah. it out. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I, I basically had this sort of 180, you know, when I moved to, I moved to Bend with some friends and, uh, you know, we were just smoking pot and like getting into, you know, all this other shit with, our older roommates and you know i remember this one guy you know was talking to us you know that was like i knew about joe rogan 
before you know i knew about him on fear factor and stuff like that I knew that he was a stand-up comedian but then like we started getting into his podcast and like his shit talking about dmt and fucking aliens and it was just like i went this total different direction away from religion you know and i was like oh my god like there's all this like shit out there you know i wasn't like a 9-11 truther you know but i was certainly one of those guys like really into ancient aliens i was like oh god like this totally makes sense like that it makes way more sense and is way more believable than all this religious uh bullshit. So you're a Scientologist, but essentially is what you're <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, don't worry. Hey, we might get into that at some point. Yeah, yeah, um, at some point we might look know, into that. Uh but yeah, and and I guess that just fueled getting into the whole new atheist movement. And I I discovered uh Richard Dawkins and Sam Harris and Lawrence Krauss, a physicist, and there was uh, one sort of, it's not a documentary, but it was a, it was a live conversation between Richard Dawkins and Lawrence Krauss. It was like something out of nothing. And they were talking about like how physics and biology and all this stuff, basically science and ultra skepticism is the way to understand the world rather than through religion. And I became quite the skeptic and i and i still have that skeptical bone in me fuck yeah uh, you do yeah <laughs> but that's I, an I, understatement of the century yeah. but i but <laughs> i really got into that sort of thing and so i became like anytime somebody brought up any sort of like maybe spiritual idea i'm like that's bullshit that's fucking bullshit there's no way you can corroborate that there's no fucking evidence for that and i became a really hardcore skeptic and uh, you know that's okay. Right. Okay, yeah. I guess I'll yeah. make a question. You you are not that hardcore these no, days. I'm, no, I'm not. You're still I'm skeptic, but you're not as aggressive. I'm with skeptical your sk- of people more more than anything. But, sure, sure. Um, yeah, I you know so I went that route. I discovered Sam Harris um, and sort of the four horsemen of the of the apocalypse of the new atheist movement. You know, you've got Sam Harris, Richard Dawkins. Uh, oh my God, uh, fucking. Christopher Hitchens and uh, shit. Who's Evan the something, right? Uh, Daniel Dennett. Daniel Dennett. Daniel Dennett. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and so they were pretty hard on religion. And at that point I was like, well, there's obviously no God. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just you know, matter of fact, obviously, like that. Yeah, yeah. obviously. Um, and like I said, as I was getting into Sam Harris around 2013, he put out his book waking up and I wanted to get it. You know, I'd, I'd heard about his book into faith and I, and I picked that up. And uh, also, I've read his letters to a Christian nation, uh, his book about about free will and how that's bullshit. I still believe free will is bullshit. Uh, but um, uh, and then he put out his podcast. You know, uh, the waking. It was known as the waking yeah, the up waking podcast up for the, the longest time. time. It had, and, yeah, it was just recently that it seems to making sense. Yeah, it was like maybe what was. It? Less than a year ago, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and hopefully you didn't steal that name because podcast names are difficult because that's why we switched ours. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Sure. And this is a little anecdotal yeah. here, real quick, but it's like I found out that Trevor Noah has a podcast coming out called On Second Thought, and so I looked at, I try to find him. So he's not on as far as I checked a couple of days ago. He's not on Apple, or iTunes or Apple Podcast yet. Uh-huh. And however, there are currently five other podcasts with On Second Thought as their uh, as their title. Yeah, but with Trevor Noah, like he's going to dominate. Oh, he and will like, eventually. Yeah. And of course, that's because the official name is On Second Thought with Trevor Noah. Right. Yeah, so sure. anyway, yeah. like you can tell that names are the names are relevant, but it was yeah, the waking up back yeah. then. But yeah, you know, and so after getting into his podcast, I that's when I because at first I was actually in college. I was majoring as a physics and math major. And when I got into his podcast and being exposed to philosophy, while I still am a big 
uh, avid listener of his podcast. And, and, oh, and for and those that don't know, just to clarify, Sam Harris is a is a he's basically a neuroscientist that has, has turned into a moral philosopher. He's well, got an undergrad he, in philosophy. Yeah, he did his undergrad. Then, in yeah, philosophy then he's got a graduate a PhD in, in, in PhD in, 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 in neuroscience, neuroscience uh, and he's considered a moral philosopher. I guess. As yeah, well. for sure. You know, but like he's most I think mainly known for. Uh, one his debates uh, against you know, like religious figures, you know, like yeah. people like uh, Rabbi uh, David Wolpe and um, the Christian theo- uh, uh, theologian uh, shit. What's his name? William Lane Craig. Um, but uh, he's mainly known for his podcast, and which is now the Making Sense podcast. And I think it was really after listening to his podcast a lot and the type of the guests that he had, would have on there and the different perspectives that he had, I. I, you know, again, I still consider myself uh, largely a skeptic, but I became much more sympathetic to different perspectives on the matter. And actually, believe it or not, uh, I'm sure you this won't surprise you at this point. But, uh, you know, at the time, uh, you know, I was I was into Nietzsche a little bit, but I wasn't reading that much. But it was really Jordan Peterson, actually, in his coming on and talking about the importance of religion that made me go back to a lot of different ideas that i encountered before and it made me actually go back uh to nietzsche a a lot more and and study him closer and to get a better understanding but now i i at this point i'm not i'm still not religious you know but i i see him i look at religion in a much more sympathetic lens and we can get into that later on but sure uh but i see just how important it is to people and i see what happens with human behavior when they don't have it that's fair. Yeah. So I guess that's sort of my trajectory, and I don't know. I don't know if you want to go into yours at all, but yeah, you know, I uh, again, I wasn't, I was never really raised with religion. I think that you know, I, I guess I don't really know. Sometimes it's difficult to to kind of understand what my my parents believed at the time. I think my mother now, um, obviously, I think that she's not like a she's a. I would consider her a non denominational Christian. I think she believes in in God and Jesus, but she doesn't really. She's not a very, she's not a churchgoer. I noticed she has a, a Bible around her, but uh-huh. you know, we've, our family has experienced a lot of turmoil, which, which, sure. you know, tragedies often lead to religion. However, what's bizarre about me is I actually took a different route. So when, um, like I, I told people I started to, so I, I believed, I guess I've always been a touch agnostic. And I think when I was younger, I believed that the, the idea of a God didn't seem wrong to me. Uh, you know, I was like, okay, well, God kind of created the world. And I I'm guilty also of, of not even, you know, knowing anything religious, but I'll be like, Hey God, I really want this new, yeah, I really want this new game for my Xbox. <laughs> Like, you know, if you can make this happen, I promise I'm not going to like, you know, punch anybody. You know what I mean? Like I I had that (laughs) thing as a kid where you just kind of have that, you have conversations with God and, you know, even sometimes in my later life, I'll be like, Hey, big man up there. If you actually exist, you know, (laughs) big man up there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, if you, if you actually exist, just know that, um, you know, it's not that I, I don't want to believe you, but it's just like, you know, I, I promise my moral code is, is very similar. So if this this turns out to be correct, then here we go. But uh, granted, I think there's a there's a, one, a famous song or a song that's used um, in the beginning of uh, the TV show The Leftovers. Oh, um, "Let It Be" by Iris Dement is uh, she basically talks about oh, "Let the Mystery Be." Let the Mystery Be. Sorry, uh, "Let It Be" is from the Beatles. Uh, that's where I got because but "Let the Mystery Be" from Iris Dement. I love that song because that I kind love of it too. But to oh, me, I that kind of that. depicts how I feel. I feel that. You know, I don't know. There's so many different religions claiming so many different things. 
And I'm just cool with like, you know, finding my own sense of morality and staying to my own code and letting the mystery be. Uh And the thing is, is I do think that, you know, for me growing up, religion was confusing because aspects of faith and community seemed great to me. Uh, You know, when you go to church gatherings, everybody seemed to have a great time. They knew each other. Like I like super stoked, super stoked. And I enjoyed the community and a lot of Jesus's teachings. Like I agreed with, you know, I agreed with not murdering people. I agreed with like, you know, help. You don't want to murder. Right. I agree with like helping, um, you know, the less fortunate and, and all these things that he taught. However, in my personal experience, I, what I see that's being taught, I'm like, None of you follow, like, what the fuck he's teaching. <laughs> yeah. Like, you all just of, say that you're Christian. Yeah. All, yeah. And, and I guess what, what I noticed early on, now that I, what I noticed early on, what I couldn't explain is what I, when I think I can explain now, is that I saw people taking their own versions of morality and then they're just laying it over Christianity. And they're, they're, they're feeling justified by how they feel because they can identify, oh, no, Jesus has done this, or I just believe in Jesus' death, therefore I can do these things. And yeah. I just thought it was very hypocritical you know, of, of some of a lot of the Christians that I would run into. Cause I'm like, they say, Oh Jesus is this, this, this. And I'm like, you just sat here and judged every single person, you know, that walked by like literally telling me. And I thought he just says, you're not supposed to make judgments on people. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, it's interesting. And only God can judge, you know what I mean? Not you can judge. And, yeah. and so I just saw a lot of inconsistencies. I would get in trouble for, you know, for asking, you know, cause there's certain things that I wanted to know. Like when I, I told this earlier, when I first heard the story of Job, I was like, why would God do that? Like, why would he make a deal with the devil and just screw this guy's life over just to prove that like he's religious? Like what, where, where do the book you know? of Joe, man, but okay. I, you know, and yeah. there's, there's other, there's other like clarifications on what they think that could have meant that I'm sympathetic to. However, the underlying crux is I'm just confused by why, why a God would do that. Or, you know, why would a God have, have such anger and, and, you know, using his name in vain or, or why would he create us and then perceive to give us free will and then tell us that like, and then have all the horrid shit that happens, you know? And just for me, it's just like the whole, I never, I never really bought the whole, you know, God is, has a mysterious, he's mysterious and he's got a plan. And even though we don't understand it, he works in mysterious ways. I just thought that that was kind of like a cop-out answer when I was younger. And I was yeah. like, well, you can't just tell me that he works in mysterious ways. I'm curious as to why, you know, and for me, when my father died, you know, when my father committed suicide when I was 16, I legitimately, I did not turn to religion. Mm-hmm. It helped me it, to me. It solidified. I said, what have I done to deserve the pain that I feel? And I don't think, uh, did my dad do something maybe to do that? Or I just couldn't conceive that all the, the terrible things that not only were happening to me directly, but were happening around the world tells me that there's an all powerful knowing or loving God. I still believe that there might be a God, but I didn't believe he was all loving. Yeah. You know, cause I, I just thought that like, why would you let us suffer? Now maybe people really believed in the afterlife and maybe I didn't really think about that concept, but I, I, I only understood the life that I was living mm-hmm. and that's the life that I focused on. And so when I, and again, Catholicism was really bizarre to me. We, I, t- I the, the, our last episode, I gave, I told the story about getting slapped by the Catholic priest. Now, let me tell you the, the, the a, a new story of how I got in trouble with, with, with Catholicism. <laughs> I went to, um, my, my buddy asked me to go to a Catholic retreat, even though I wasn't Catholic and that was a doozy. So it was a camp, um, that we went like it. it was yeah. called DDA, which stands for day to day agape, which agape is apparently the highest form of love. And it was the three, it was a three day re- retreat. And the, the first funny thing to note is they, they forgot the P in my name. So everybody thought I was Asian at first because it said it was Josh Simpson. 
and <laughs> oh, it was man. bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was just like, that's not, it's I like, was, that's not my name. That's not my name. Like, I don't like, and that's also racist. Like <laughs> it's not even spelled any simple way, but I just, you know, Wait, let, they literally thought that you were Asian. Yes. Like not not everybody, but just yeah. a few people. Beca- because because so, so you are, are you Asian? No, <laughs> but here's the thing, though. I guess the re- I'm gonna give them some credit there. When they first the count, some of the counselors did because they didn't see my name written down. That my name had not had the P. So I found out that when they were going through and describing all the names to the counselors and the group that they had, I was I was read off verbally as Josh Simpson. Uh huh. And so they read it as Simpson. Um, and so like not seeing my name and noticing that the spelling was not like traditional. So I, you know, backtracked and thought, okay, well, if you verbally heard Josh Simpson and you're thinking like a certain type, so that's, that's really interesting. However, so we go to like this mass thing and I, uh, you know, the guy starts to explain that when he goes into deep prayer, he starts to go into different languages that he doesn't know. And like, and I'm just sitting here like, what? he was speaking in tongues. Yes. He claimed to Whoa. like speak in tongues when yeah. he gets really passionate and he, you know, he's never learned other languages. It's just something that happened. So he was warning us to not be concerned when that happens. And I'm sitting there like, I know that you just warned us to not be concerned, but I am very I'm concerned. concerned. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I could have done without the warning. I would have been fine. Uh, maybe not. Maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I got a heads up on that. And I shit you not. He's going around and praying and all of a sudden he starts being like, and he just starts going in this language that I don't know or understand. That's not a language. That's not, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It could be a language. I, at the time I, I didn't, I only speak English still. I only speak English. So I don't, I'm not sure. <sighs> However, this one girl started to look like she was having a seizure. I swear. I mean, and I was like sitting there. Josh, I don't think you went to a Christian retreat. I think you went to a fucking cult. No, it's a Catholic <laughs> retreat and it's part of the thing. And like, for example, like one of the, I gave a speech. I went uh, two years because Matt had me, they wanted me to give a speech about my dad and everything else. And, um, that before I went on, on the second year, before I gave my speech, like they all, all of them have to touch you. They all put their hands around you and then they give you like this overall prayer. And it was just so weird. You know, I just didn't grow up with this. So it was bizarre to me. Anyway, I saw that this lady was having, and, and I like look over to the next man. I'm like, is there anybody that's going to say anything? Like what's going on? And they were like, no, no, she's having this like divine experience. And I'm like, no, she's not. That is not a divine experience. <laughs> so I picked her up and took her out and then t- like turned her on her side. Uh-huh. Cause I learned somewhere that you can choke on your tongue or whatever. I let her like get it out. And she's like, thanks man. I feel better. And then I got in trouble for removing her from like her experience. Saving her. Uh, no, I'm I, again. I'm not going to go that far. I'm not going to make you know juxtapositions here. But it's just more of a like I just felt that I like misinterpret. I don't really know. I she was fine. You are the empathetic person in the room. I you? guess, but yeah. at the same time, like that was weird. So, however, you know, I got I got in trouble for kind of taking her out of that experience, and it was. Um, it was really, it was very, very bizarre. It was just, it was just a unique experience. So and, weird, Josh. and I remember it, you know, I'm never going to forget that experience and that. And so ever since then though, you know, to continue on, I, I am sympathetic to, to what religion brings to people. However, I just, I, I cannot condone, you know, if you, if you are encouraging hate of others, cause that's what they are. You know, a lot of Christians, again, this is a personal anecdotal experience standpoint. A lot of Christians that I've met, like are they're very hateful they they hate those that don't follow the doctrine or like you know there there's i guess homosexuality or any of these other things it's like i don't believe that you should you should condemn people for loving who they want to love and and that and so when you, when you have that innate flaw 
like to me as I see it as a flaw that I I can't be on board fully with that. But I am agnostic. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I can't confirm yeah. or deny there isn't a higher power. Sure. I'm just I'm just okay with letting that mystery be. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm. You know, I, I refrain some from saying that I'm uh, atheist. I guess I'm probably like anti-theist. I guess it might sure. be, it might That's be the, a better it way to put that way to put it. Um, well, so, okay. On that note, then why, don't, why don't we indulge, uh, for a little bit? Maybe I, this is going to sound bad. Listen, let me just say here that on this podcast, the, the show, the show in general, uh, you know, Josh and I, we air our opinions in a lot of different ways, but I think we both know, I mean, for example, both in, him and I throw shade at each other quite a yes, bit. Yes. It's all in good fun because we know that it's just it's just trying to have fun, right? And we're trying to have a conversation and and just, you know, throw some light on certain dark situations or whatever whatever it may be. So, in this regard, you know, for example, in our religious series that we just did, you know, there are times where I make jokes and I'm laughing at certain stuff. I mean, we had some there were some there's situations that we find funny. And so uh, you know, I don't think we actually recorded a little uh, preface to that last episode about making sure that we're just doing. No, this and I feel like it. you're the most aggressive on that one, yeah. like with your derivative readings of, of yeah. quotes. You could just do another housekeeping, Josh. Anyway. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so in that same spirit, you know, I just want everybody to know that if we come across as highly critical of certain religious beliefs. Sure. Uh, which we may be. It's just in light of the conversation uh, and you shouldn't take our word for it. You know, if you have certain held beliefs, like we're just trying to hear, have a conversation. Yeah, we're just trying to discover within each other as friends, like you know what yeah. we what we believe, and yeah. you know, and again, we're pre- we want to practice the ability of having conversations about these things and not escalating to an anger point, but just more of like an understanding where it's like I'm not going to judge anybody for what they believe. But I, you know, it doesn't mean I'm I'm not going to be, I'm going to air out my beliefs. Right. And, and again, with Ian here, I feel like this podcast is a safe space to do that. Because even when I'm talking with religious people, I, I'm very careful with my language and my terminology because I don't want to like, you know, I understand that these beliefs are very sacred to people. Yeah. Um. So, but at the same time, it's like. They are available for everybody to to hear what they do believe, and 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 I am I have the right to my own opinion mm-hmm. on how I interpret these things, and all Ian and I are doing are just going to relatively air out those opinions. Yeah. So uh, with that being said, uh, <laughs> I mean, if you're uncomfortable with with anybody uh, at all, listening, hearing criticisms of religion, you know, you don't have to listen. But, that's fair enough. Uh, yeah. But, that's so fair we're going to get into it. So uh, I want to start off uh, here. I'm going to you know. I mean, how often do I bring him up? I'm going to talk about Nietzsche here for a second. So he wrote uh, this book called The Antichrist uh, back in 1888, and it was pretty damning of Christianity. If if not, you know, he it's not like he uh, hasn't been before. Um, but so this was uh, this is the Cambridge University Press edition, translated by Judith Norman. Um, I'm not sure of its publication date, but I just wanted to uh, put that in the onset. And so I'm reading from section 15 here and just to give this a bit, uh, you know, uh, basically just for this to inform part of the rest of the conversation. So he says, and it's, it's just a short paragraph. He says in Christianity, morality and religion are both completely out of touch with reality, completely imaginary causes, God, soul, I, spirit, free will, or even an unfree one, completely imaginary effects, sin, redemption, grace, punishment, forgiveness of sins, 
Contact between imaginary entities, God, spirit, souls, an imaginary natural science, uh, psychology, complete failure to understand oneself, interpretations of pleasant or unpleasant sensations. For instance, the states of nervous uh, sympathicus, with some uh, Latin, I'm not sure. Uh, using the sign language of religious moral idiosyncrasy, repentance, the pangs of conscience, temptation by the devil, the presence of God, unimaginary teleology, the kingdom of God, the last judgment, eternal life. This entirely fictitious world can be distinguished from the world of dreams to the detriment of the former in, the, in that dreams reflect reality while Christian false, Christianity falsifies, devalues, and negates reality. Once the concept of nature had been invented as a counter idea to the uh, to god natural had to mean reprehensible that whole fictitious world is rooted in a hatred of the natural of reality it is the expression of a profound sense of unease concerning reality but this explains everything who are the only people motivated to lie their way out of reality people who suffer from it but to suffer from reality means that you are a piece of reality that has gone wrong. The preponderance of feelings of displeasure over feelings of pleasure is the cause of that fictitious morality and religion. But a preponderance like this provides the formula for decadence. So let's break down what he's meaning here. Yeah. And I, I think to start, first of all, he, he is, he is, I think he's starting with the concept of, of Na- the, the the different narrative of natural as in like Darwin and, and his whole his whole stint in evolution mm-hmm. and talking about certain characteristics that have been passed down through genetics and and biology and certain behavioral patterns of human beings that have, has been doctored as as aspect of the fact that we are animals in a sense right and he's talking about these what he means by naturalistic is I think these animalistic impulses that we deal with and then what he is trying to state is that what what Christianity has done is some of these animal impulses have been now defined as sin yeah um, you exactly. know, like what, what do animals kill regularly to eat in the wild? Murder is now a sin, yeah. you know, in animals, you know, fornicate, uh, you know, and out, all over the place too, because it's all about, and again, most people, if you don't, evolution is all about, all about the ex- succession of your genes. Yeah. That's, and that has to be done through procreation. Mm-hmm. And so just this idea of taking things that might occur naturally, as we understand it in evolution nature, these things are considered not natural and in, in, in a Christian sense, and you can see a lot of that what's happening with the Catholic Church and the priests in this current moment. Right. Yeah. You know, you yeah. can expand what, on that what Josh is talking about here is that like for the long time, Catholic priests and pre and uh, well, I guess just specifically Catholic priests uh, for a long time have been mandated to be um, uh, abstinent or uh, yes. what's the other word for that? Um, I can't remember exactly, but basically they're not allowed to marry or, or to father children or to have sex in general. And yeah. so, um, what you sort of see, and it's sort of a disgusting reality about human behavior, is that sexual repression often leads to uh, an outburst of other more, maybe morally reprehensible sexual acts that you know that we that we don't like to admit are part of us. But but one of the consequences of this is that there has been child sex scandals coming out of the Catholic Church for a yeah. long time. Yeah, for a and long then, time. And we're now you know they're starting to learn that they they're much more extensive than what we thought. And then yeah. now that the churches have been suppressing a lot of that knowledge, and now because of this whole scandal and this whole controversy that the Pope himself is even deciding now to, 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 to change the, the Catholic doctrine after hundreds of years and now potentially let priests marry. Yeah. Which is huge. It is huge. Within the, within the belief of that religion. And that is, 
And again, like there's many different ways to view that and many different ways to kind of interpret what happened there. But again, I'm most intuitionally the most direct reason for what's happening is I think is exactly what you just described. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, just to to further take this down, you know, Nietzschean road here is that, uh, you know, what he's getting at in in Christianity specifically is uh, what you were alluding to is that they are sort of denying uh, certain facets about human nature and, and calling them sinful. And in, in that regard, they're denying life. And, uh, from that you, you have a kind of nihilism, which he diagnosed one in, uh, the antichrist, but also in the genealogy of morals. Uh, and he, he gets to this, this idea of even further here, what the, uh, ascetic ideal. Now I say ascetic here, that's different than aesthetics. So ascetic basically means, uh, self-punishment so yeah i mean you think about like you know you you see many images of 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 catholic priests when they when they uh have done something wrong and, and to repent they have to take you know what is it uh, i don't care what they're actually called but they have to self-flagellate you know they take the whatever the whip is and they like hit their back with it or um and the classic like catholics go is if you you know if you did wrong you got whapped on the hand with a ruler oh, sure yeah yeah right? exactly it's a common one there just whap right on the yeah. hand with a ruler you know and i i think too a lot of a lot of those uh, impulses stem actually from the sufferings of jesus you know in his sort of uh, uh, torturous life that he, he spent in the, in his, in the culmination up to the crucifixion. It's this very, it's a life denying, uh, sort of act is, you know, it's like you're denying not only certain pleasures, but you're actually like, you're denying the body, you know, certain, uh, certain things. And, and actually, uh, I think it was St. Augustine who, uh, wrote, uh, during the early middle ages in the Catholic church that like, you know, he had this problem, you know, like, he has to like one of the things he talked about is that he has to eat. He has to like give himself food or else he'll die, but he finds pleasure in eating food, which makes sense. I mean, all of us, I love food sort of to the extent, you know, cause it like, it feels good to eat and you're, you're, you're fulfilling some basic necessity about human life and making sure that you survive. And because of that, you know, because of that sort of feeling of pleasure, you know, he didn't want to be damned by God. And so it was this way, you know, where he tried to eat as little as possible. And it was one of those things where it's just negating basic bodily function. And that's largely Nietzsche's criticism of Christianity and and religion as a whole is that at the essence and the core is that you're denying life, uh, you know, along the way. Yeah, and I think that too, too, that kind of like goes back towards this this concept of you had mentioned this too, like what? And again, this is kind of Jordan Peterson's main point is yeah. like, you know, would we have a sense of morality without the underlyings of, of religion? And because you have, and that is that that's still debated today. There are some people that goes, you know, it's like like you can't have objective morality without God, right? right. And 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 other people are like, really? Because you know, I, I you know the I can have that, and I, I'm a firm believer. But here's the thing, though: it's just like I I'm not going to dis say that my morality wasn't shaped, you know, by by like reading Judean Christian tradition. You know, yeah. However, though, there's a lot of flaws that I and and that m- moral thinking that I see that they atone to that I, I disagree with. So yeah. it's like, I assume you just kind of branch off and kind of develop your own. Well, a good example real quick is like the, uh, the golden rule, right? Like do, oh, not, yeah. tr- do not treat others, uh, as you will not treat you, yourself, you tr- treat yourself. You know, part of that comes from the whole saying that Jesus said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Mm-hmm. Like, 
in a way it's it's uh it's to say like to take revenge uh you know it's which is not exactly you know along the same historical lines well, again it's interpretation takes, you know, it's interpretation but, yeah, for sure yeah. so you know again like an eye for an eye you can take that literally in the sense of like i will take your eye you take my eye yeah but i think like again when you interpret it in a more sympathetic golden rule context it just means that like be careful because if i take out an eye you know what I mean? Would you want somebody to take out your eye? Mm-hmm. Like eye for an eye means that like, okay, if I'm going to live from that structure, if I'm going to assume that what I do to you will be done unto me, then I should treat you as what I would want to be done unto me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and so that's just a way that you can look at that. And so there's just aspects of, and that's what gets, you know, tricky too, is just people interpret things differently. And, you know, you'll have one, one passage where you know, one person will interpret it this way. Another person will interpret it that way. And it's like, what's the right way? And there is no quote unquote air quotes here, right way. It's yeah. just like what you can, what you can take from it. And that, that just is a little problematic for me. And there's certain stories. And again, I was 16 when I came up with this title. So do not judge me. I had the idea for a book, um, that I still possibly will write. Yeah, um, you're sort of alluding to it last. I episode, was alluding right? into it last episode and the name is terrible. So I apologize, but I thought that because of the fact that I didn't really know what was going on, I figured I would have a unique perspective on the Bible because I didn't grow up with it. I assumed that when you're a child and you're, and you fed these stories, it's going to be really hard for you to, to kind of view it in a different light when you've been raised to see it a certain way. Mm -hmm. And so for me, having no exposure to it, really, I felt that like, let's take what I know as like a, like a, you know, I guess at this point when I actually sat down to write it, I was at, you know, my early twenties. Sure. Let's take me in my early twenties, having experienced life. And now I'm, I'm a young adult. Like, let me read this and write what comes to my brain when I first read it. That was the point. I'm going to read it cover to cover old Testament to new. And I'm just going to write down what I noticed. Yeah. And the thing that's most prevalent is even right out the gate. When I reread the chapter on Adam and Eve, what really blew my mind is like, I'm looking at the symbolism and in, in, in the imagery here where God tells Adam and Eve that, you know, don't eat from this tree, which we learn with children. What happens when you tell them not to do something yeah. <laughs> like they have the urge to want to do it. And so I kind of noticed that. However, God does not tell them initially that they would, uh, God kind of lies to them. If you, if you take it, okay. If you take it literally, God says you will die if you eat the fruit. Sure. Yeah. But now, you know, if you take it literally, they don't die. So that's a lie. However, again, if I'm sympathetic and in interpreting that dying could mean that you've lost your immortality. Yeah. You've become I think that's mortal. the common, you know. And I thing. think that's the common understanding yeah. of it. So I'll be sympathetic and dying lost morality. However, I look I thought about it and I went, it's the tree of knowledge. What message is he saying? Don't eat from the tree of knowledge. So what he's telling is don't gain wisdom and understanding. Just yeah. blindly believe me. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I, I, how I interpreted that. So I, I right out the gate, what a, what to me, the, one of the very first stories of the very first human beings of Adam and Eve, you know, states that like, don't seek wisdom and knowledge. Don't seek science. Like, yeah, just believe me. Yeah, actually. So I, I want to linger on this for a minute. So I've had, you know, in just in general, like me being in philosophy courses, you know, we cut, we run into this sort of thing, right. Especially in Genesis and already there, God is tricking Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. like already from the get go. I mean, think about it for a second, you know, like, God tells them, like, look, 
it, it is basically wrong of you to go and eat this. You're not allowed to do that. You can do everything else in this fucking giant paradise. Anything you want. You know, just it's it. You just it's it's bad if you go and eat from this fruit. You know, from the you know. And the why is it of, even there? Right. Because it's a test. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well. Like, yeah. Exactly. You know. That's but, why. Because like, why? Why? If 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 why is it accessible? See, these yeah. are the questions I ask. But, why but is here, fruit accessible to yeah. eat? But here's the like, thing: is that like it's it's the the tree of wisdom or or knowledge of good and evil, right? Yes. From the get go, they are made to not know the difference. Mm-hmm. They're made not to know the difference. And so then they go and eat it and they understand that like, they understand what good and evil is. They know that like, Oh God, I'm, I'm, I'm naked. Vanity. Should, That's I when vanity comes into it. So yeah. here's the thing. They didn't know that it was wrong. Right. They, they literally didn't. They had no concept of good, of and, good evil. and evil. Oh, so you're saying God, it's a paradox. There. Yeah, exactly. And so, and God tells them, well, well, it's wrong to do that. How it does that literally they're trapped because they don't understand. They don't have the knowledge of what is wrong. Right. So or what is right. It's a complete, utter fucking trap that they're that they've been boxed into, and so you know, ser- the serpent or Satan or whoever it is, you know, it's not exactly clear. It's not depending clear. on the translations or the or the or the Hebrew Bible. You know, some some tempter comes to them like, hey, no, like there's you you will you will actually understand the world if you eat from this fruit. And it's like, oh, that sounds good, sure. And then like, and that's oh the thing God. too. The reason why most people that's what it's called an Adam's apple, and the reason why apple has been depicted as the fruit is yeah. because of artists paintings yeah 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 one of the first paintings depicting eating from the tree fruit involved an apple yeah when it's never been actually it's not specific it's not described. In the text. Yeah. yeah and 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 you know but there's you know again that's the thing about the mythology when we covered of of the bible in particular it, you know, it has to deal with that aspect of you know of, of the artists that were inspired and that was actually what they say is like the first is like the birth of fantasy art yeah would be that because technically these are beings that we couldn't see that that we were trying to use our imaginations yeah. to no depict. We have no direct knowledge of them, so yes. we have to depict something. We have to. We have no direct knowledge. We're using imagination to think about these, which which is said to let us in our imagination and how fantasy even started was yeah. was the concept of trying to depict things that we we didn't have any actual tangible conception of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, it's one of those things where, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's like what what lesson is supposed to be gained from that you know it's just like again what you were saying it's like so you would rather just us believe you just at the face value and just like like which is again strange you know because god knows everything that's going to happen that's my problem and here <laughs> no that's the thing too like look if the bible if 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 so if, how do we have if religion will? had developed and said that god created us i would have been maybe more sympathetic but the fact is what i always hear is all-knowing, all-loving, all-powerful. Yeah. And when you put those attributes, I have problems when when things happen that don't seem to match what the characteristics yeah. are for that. Yeah, so, like, how can you test us when you know the answers? True. You know? Like, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, oh, yeah, so uh, here's the thing. I'm going to give you free will. You can make up your mind to whatever you're going to do. You know, in the end, I hope that you, you know, throughout the various tests that I give you, that you'll end up choosing me, you know, choosing the and love that's and that's bizarre, light. too. Like, how do you, do you really love us if you create us and then continue to test us? Yeah. For, for what reason and what purpose? Yeah, exactly. When you can design us to know that you're real and you can design us to love and, and love each other and build a paradise, mm-hmm. why have it to where you put us on a battlefield and then make us earn 
like the right to to go to to paradise especially when you already know that some of us are just going to fail so from the get-go from the beginning you're condemning us to an eternity in suffering and in a uh, sense yeah it's like what why yeah exactly so all my questions is i'm like why 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 and again i i'm, I'm probably understanding that a lot of people probably ask why we're probably, we're probably you know but some people don't some people yeah. will just you know this is just the way it is and and then for me that's why it's like god works mysterious ways like here's a question so i um no that we're gonna get into the brass tacks here yeah. we're gonna get into the, the thick of it here I watched a I watched a series of religious debates, and I don't remember it was a it was an atheist uh, versus like a, a Catholic priest or, or or something like that. He was high up in the Catholic faith. Was this on Intelligence Squared? By yeah, any it was. It's like Australian. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Anyway, the one question I don't remember a lot of it, but I do remember this because the question was so pivotal, and actually it blew my mind. As in, I spent like a day thinking about this. Uh-huh. He said, um. He, t- he was talking to the, the Catholic uh, priest at this time. He said, do you think it is a form of child abuse to tell a child that if they don't behave in a certain way, that they will go to hell, that they will be sent to a fiery inferno yeah. and, and, and be punished for all eternity? Like, do you think that that is a form of verbal child abuse to tell a child that to keep them in line? I was like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I... That is a loaded question. Yeah. That like, <laughs> yeah, big time. Like yeah. how, and for me, I don't even remember the responses because I was just so blown away by the question. And yeah. I was just like, I never even thought to, like, who came up with that question? Yeah. That is a hard question to answer. Well, it's interesting, you know, because we, I mean, like, it's difficult because my kid is only a little over two, but, you know, so he, he doesn't really understand punishment or anything like that. But, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you want kids to behave a certain way. You, you want your own kids to of behave course. a certain way. So, like, you say, like, look, I mean, don't do this or you'll be threatened with punishment. You know, you'll you'll be rec- recompensed, you know, uh, you know uh, for this act or whatever. And basically, you're just you're trying to condition their behavior, you know, in order to, you know, to do the things that you wanted so they don't further upset you. And in a way, that seems pretty normal, you know, like why, you know, why, you know, that's not a bad thing. But actually, if you take it out into the extreme, something like that, you know, right, like, you scale hey, it, yeah, scale, it, scale up. it up, you see how that sort of behavior breaks down. You know, it's like actually what that is doing to a kid. It's not there's nothing of moral substance. No, to, and, 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 and often I hear cases of people that are no longer religious and they talk about what it's like to grow up religious. Yeah. And one of the things that is most commonly said through all these stories was it's like, you know, I had a fear of God. Right. Like, and, yeah. and so for me, again, the fear of God in you. And well, yeah, exactly. So for me, what's interesting. And again, this is more old Testament than it is new Testament focusing on the Bible per se. You know, I know there's a lot of other religions out there, but I think the Bible's most understood. So that's why we're kind of focusing on that now moving on. Um, <laughs> we're also coming off the heels of our Christianity episode. We so really like, are actually of- like, yeah, let's uh, just to tell listeners we're kind of recording these like relatively back to back. So it's just fresh in our brains. But the, the thing that I was fascinated me is the paradox of, of having an all loving God that rules with fear. Yeah. You know, like how, how can you love us? But then, but then the way that you rule is, is terrifying. Yeah. Like when I read it's tyrannical stories, yes, it's very true. When I read stories of the God in the old Testament, it is, it is shocking uh, how, how, you know, he just like some people, you know, there are people that I read this story and, and the Cantonese is, is what gets me because it's like, they literally, so what happened? And I don't, the I Cantonese I, who are the, 
I can't say it's a direct Cantonese. Okay, I'm not going to give specifics here, so I'm probably going to botch that. But there's a story in the Bible. Or the, are you talking about the Canaanites? Maybe I'm talking about the Canaanites. I'm okay. just pronounce them because Cantonese is like a, a is a dialect of Chinese. Oh, so then I, I just fucked that up. Yeah, I just want that's okay. That's okay. Just I just want to expose again, you on this dis- podcast for how terrible socialism is. So yeah, yeah. There you go. No, it's my dyslexia. You know, I see a word and I yeah, remember yeah. it a certain way. I think I've read that as Cantonese this entire time. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Hermione. Okay. Like I said, like I yeah. read a word, never heard it say. I create my own meaning for it. But there's a story. In All the, words are made up. So yeah, there's a story in the Old Testament that I found to be like very interesting. It, it's about the Israelites at the time. Some there was a, there was a, a, a different group that had different gods that God was pissed about that they were religiously different. Yeah, I people. think it is. I think it is the the Canaanites, and I, think, and I know where you're going. The, the the women of that of the other thing were were basically these Israelite men started to kind of build a bond with these women. Uh-huh. And all they did was go over there and kind of see uh, the culture of this other place. And when they got back, God was so mad that he completely murdered all of their people. Yeah. And he even says, uh, and sometimes he's instructed the Israelites to... I was going to say, didn't he instruct the Israelites to go over both. and kill them all? He's done both. Okay, he's, yeah. he's murdered people himself that are unfaithful, but he's also told his people. And then this is what I was also confused about. I'm like, how is he choosing to murder some people this way? And he's choosing to... And I was like, look, if he's if the Israelites are the chosen people, why wouldn't he not just take care of a problem and have them go in and fight them themselves? It's like he's playing. Uh, it's like he's like we're ants and he's like having us battle each other. And yeah. it's just like he's having a fun time with us. Yeah. At least that's how I interpret it when I'm reading it. And yeah. like, you know, so what, what really blew my mind is they did nothing. And he even specifies in the Bible to kill the, the women and children or capture the women and children. And I'm just like. But are the children really guilty? Like, where's the morality there? Like, do these children, again, they were raised knowing what they were raised. And, yeah. and my biggest problem is, is how were, how are these kids supposed to love God if they don't know God? Yeah. You know, and are you really going to punish a child? And then they're like, no, you know, we're not, you know, you no, know, God, like, he's not like killing them. But yeah. I'm saying was we learned there was no real conception of the afterlife in that time. Of, yeah, sure. Of yeah, scripture. yeah, for sure. You know, uh, uh, an anecdote that I have. Um, so I, I dated this girl for a little while, um, quite a long time. And uh, one of the things her and I shared our atheism, I guess. And when she was telling me how she left the faith, she grew up in a Lutheran church. Uh, you know, her uh, she came from a German background. And so uh, Lutheranism is, is pretty common in, in Germany. And uh one of the things that made well actually the pivotal thing that made her leave her face is uh, her faith is when they were talking about baptism in infants and so i guess from what i understand from what i was told uh from her was that uh if infants are not baptized you know cuz they uh, because they have to go through baptism at at a certain point uh in their in their early life in their early life so if infants are not baptized and they die before that then they just go straight to hell and burn forever and it was one of those things where I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, that's shocking. But the way that she told me about it, she, she using said, the Lord's name in vain. Yeah. So shocking. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she said, she told me that she went to, um, uh, the priest or the preacher and talked to him about it. Like, really? Like, are you sure about this? You know? And he's just like, Oh yes, yeah, the same thing, you know, with, uh, uh, 
uh, with uh, with gays and lesbians and bisexuals and all this kind of stuff. Like if you don't, if you're not baptized and and told that you know and 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 take the, the light of Jesus into your heart, then yeah, you just go fucking straight down. No, hell I, I, I have a story about that. Look, uh, I have this one. Okay, finish yeah, your story. Yeah, I'll, so I I'll finish this. I didn't mean to jump at you, but yeah, I have no, that's something okay. that's very very close to that. Great, so I yeah. just got excited. Yeah, <laughs> good. I'm glad. We're having I'm a free form conversation. It's been a yeah. while since we got to free form conversation. Yeah, I know it has been structured. But yeah, and so she told me about that. I mean, and because she was she was bisexual and and told me about that and she's like yeah i mean that's that's i had that conversation and i immediately became uh irreligious because of just how black and white yeah it was exactly and i was like i mean yeah i don't i don't blame you like i've never had that uh experience you know because i was never like what i was sort of talking about before the beginning was like i've sort of raised religious you know shrugging my shoulders but uh but it wasn't a, a the the most important thing in our life and so like hearing that and like Somebody is telling you that not only is your way of life uh, will take you straight to hell, but also, hey, guess what? If babies aren't baptized, then they're fucking they burn in hell forever. Right, and that, that's, that's, an, sh- that's but that's insane. an interesting concept. Yeah, you know, it's just like what, where you know, break that down. You know what I mean? Like talk about that. Like where is <laughs> like, where did that come from? Where's the morality in that? Where does that yeah. come from? Does a baby really? And again, maybe you're talking about we're born with sin. You know what I mean? That's a concept. Right. And, yeah, yeah. But it's like, is even that actually correct? And and what is the implications of having a bit? It, it's just there's so much that you could d- divulge, and that might be wrong. And look, let me tell this story, and then let's take a break. Yeah, exactly. Good um, idea. So, yeah. we'll in, that, in that same vein, I was uh, in Chicago with my girlfriend at the time for her father's funeral. Uh-huh. And we, we, we met up with some of their, uh, their Quick, fa- quickly. Sorry. I, I'm sorry. I know who you're talking about. Yes. Did he die in Chicago no. or did they ship, they ship his body? No, they, they decided to help. They, they decided to hold a service in Chicago, um, for his, his friends and family down there. Cause they came from Chicago. Gotcha. Was he buried here in Oregon? I don't or? know. To oh, be honest. Know. Okay. I did not look in at that, but it's been yeah. a few Just years. Just curious anyway. So, yeah. yeah so, um, I know that he did pass away here in Oregon. Yeah. Um, so I know that. And yeah. I just know that like they wanted to have like a, a, service, a service in Chicago because yeah. that's memorial. where they spent a memorial. Yeah, memorial. Yeah. They spent a lot yeah. of their life there. So um, there is a certain like prominent family that was friends like for a long time with, with, with my girlfriend's family and they are very religious. And I was down, you know, in their, uh, in their like in, in his man cave kind of esque in. Yeah. Oh, it was all sports, you know, oh, hit the mic. Oh, we've been so good about not hitting the microphone and I just did it. <laughs> um, you know, it's like a sport, you know, there's a bunch of sports stuff, sure. big TV, yeah. you know, they had a full bar, like very wealthy. And, you know, we're having some wine and I think it's like, I can't remember exactly when it's either the day before the service or a little bit after the service. So we're having a bit of wine and, you know, we, I don't know how we got on the topic, but somehow the, the, the father of, uh, of the household, that are friends with my girlfriend. She, uh, he, he somehow learned that my father had committed suicide when I was, young. uh, you know, cause it was, they, okay. Cause it, you know, at that point in time, I think it was only like a year and a half. And again, this is where Still my slightly sensitive topic, right? Slightly you know? sensitive, yeah. but he, but he kind of, you know, he said, you know, Mrs. You know, he's like, Oh, so-and-so had told me about your situation. And, you know, I just want to apologize. And that's this difficult thing to go through. And I said, no, no, no worries. And, yeah. and you were dealing with it. You I, know? I, yeah. This is one of the things where I knew I was a dark humor fan. And this is the defining moment of knowing my dark humor. Because he looked at me, and as he was pouring me a glass of wine, he said, I'm so sorry that, you know, your father's got to burn in hell for the rest of eternity, but we can turn this around for for you. And he, like, went to cheers me. And I just laughed. (laughs) 
I laughed. And what it was, a fucking piece of shit. No, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> no, I, not you. I'm talking about I know him. that. Yeah. I know that. What I'm trying to tell you. Okay, let me give some context. In his, in his own way, he was yeah. trying yeah. to be genuine. Right, yeah. Like, I heard a sense of genuinity in what he was saying. Right. And the reason... Because he deeply believed his... His, Correct. Yeah, he his... deeply believed, and he was sorry that that was the case. He was apologetic that that was the case, and like we're you know we're gonna lift you up, and it's gonna be fine. Yeah. And I know that he came from a place of right. of trying to be positive, and because of that, just the paradox of what he said and the intent that I know that he meant, I just laughed. <laughs> I couldn't think of any other response. The fact that he you know that was even said out loud, just like wow, okay, I, I just laughed and. Yeah. But here's the thing, though. That one thing alone, again, like you said, like her defining moment, the yeah. moment that I knew I would never be a religious person, like in that context, because a lot of religions are similar, is like I refuse to believe yeah. that my dad is burning in hell. <laughs> like, I'm sorry if that's sensitive for people to hear, but it's not for me. It is very serious. And I'm not going to fucking believe that. Not at all. Right. Like, and maybe that's, you know, that's my insane. own personal bias, yeah. but it's yeah. insane to yeah. me. It's like, you know, it's again, it's, it's human nature. It's like my dad's death involved a lot of different aspects of, of, of mental discomfort. And, and this uh-huh. is, is again, genetics, behavior, environment, all of that. Now I know with science and doing my research, you can see the factors that, that influence him to be where he is. And yeah, that was just crazy, but <laughs> God, but let's take a break on yeah, that note. Yeah, then, on that note. Because we need another beer. So we're going to re-up yeah, on beers. Sure. And then uh, when we get back, we're, we're just kind of like finish this. We'll wrap up with some more conversation. And then we'll call it a day. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, we'll see you guys soon. Hey, everyone. Josh and Ian here. And if you're hearing this, whether you're a first-time listener or you're a seasoned bullshitter, we want to thank you for listening. And honestly, we could not do this without you. Mm-hmm. And we just wanted to take a minute to explain to you guys the goal of the podcast and share some ways that you might be able to support us. Now, we want to promote self-education, intellectual skepticism, and deep conversations. Very deep. Very, very deep. Because we have found that within our current culture, it's been increasingly more difficult to talk to one another. I mean, I, sh- I have to talk to Ian the whole time. Yeah, and I have to listen to him. So if you're enjoying our content and our podcast goals do resonate with you, we are working to expand. So there are a few ways to help us grow. Yes, you can follow us on social media over at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at NecessaryBSPod. Or you can visit our website and subscribe at www.NecessaryBSPodcast.com. And hey, and if you're already at our website, you might as well hop over to the support page. And you can either give a one-time donation via PayPal, or you can just subscribe to our Patreon, which is brand new. And we have different tiers, which includes perks and benefits for those wonderful enough to want to give us your money. As much money as you possibly can. Please. All of it. But you can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And we're on all other major podcast platforms. Lastly, you can reach out to Ian and I personally at NecessaryBSPodcast at gmail.com. Now, can we get enough of this talking and get back to us talking? Yeah, let's get back to the bullshit. Hey, everybody. Hey, welcome back welcome from back the break. The break. <laughs> <laughs> we re-upped on beers. What are we drinking right now? Oh, um, yes. We are <laughs> not... Uh, what we are drinking, we're not sponsored by Shock Top, Top Belgian, Belgian White. White. Yeah. Um, they are owned by... I don't know who they're owned by, but where are they out of? I have no idea. I didn't really know that we were going to be promoting a beer that, that <laughs> is not promoting us. 
However, most of them... Oh, are they're out of Missouri. St. Louis, Missouri. And the reason why I, we picked them up is we just quickly ran to grab some beer. And I was like, I'm not shot talking in a while. And I was like, but I really like the T.J. Miller commercials. And he was like, he's never seen them. And I was like, well, they're great. So we ended up getting it. So, all right. Yep. So, so back to... T.J. Miller has a podcast. Does he really? Yeah. Don't oh. listen to that one, though. Listen to ours. There you go. Or both. <laughs> if you have time. <laughs> or both. So, so yeah. back into the religious conversation is that what we're talking about that's what we're talking about yeah um i just the thing that i think i want to kind of explore next is just is this this concept of of do you believe that there wouldn't be a sense of morality without religion um yeah i mean yeah i do i I, you know and uh, this is largely me being a mouthpiece here for uh, for Nietzsche a little bit. I mean, you know, if you if you look into his uh, genealogy of morals in in his second essay in there, he talks about the master and the slave morality. This is something that we brought up on the podcast before, but basically that you if you look at the 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 archetypal Christian morals here, they they come from what's out of slave morality, insofar as it's predicated on 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 the sort of nihilistic and, and ascetic ideals that you uh it's it's a response to the masters you know the you know the what the the masters viewed as good was things like uh strength and honor and richness and and what the slaves viewed was was weakness and forgiveness and uh and uh meekness and things like that and so if you if you trace that all the way through the christian tradition or moral christian tradition uh then you can kind of see where those uh, where that morality comes from the reverse of that uh, is that uh, traditional pagan morality was not was not built on those things. They were they were very much in line uh, with the sort of now I, I, now I'm not trying to sound you know patriarchal here, but uh, in traditionally we view these as sort of feministic, more natural views of of morality. You know, in 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 the sense that it's a it's a morality more linked to the ways of nature. And we were sort of talking about this at the top of the episode that. If you look at Christianity, they view typically human nature as inherently sinful. And I think that morality without religion or without God and, you know, getting rid of of Christianity altogether, if anything, uh, it it would probably most align with what we naturally do as people. You know, so like I think murder would probably still be something that would be taboo or at least killing somebody unjustly would probably be uh, something that's taboo if we didn't have religion because if you think about it like why did you murder them it's like oh well you know i just didn't like them it's like well that that's not really you know that doesn't really help you know maybe if if killing them was just and you know maybe they like stole a child uh, from you or something like that so i'm context, saying like no you're not yeah, you're not wrong because like, in nature to evolution right you know the, to why because killing in nature is it's like you know you you, you kill for food or you kill because if you don't kill, then you're the one being killed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Something it's like that. That right. aspect or I was of protecting sur- my kin or something yeah, like that. Survival. Survival. Yeah, survival. Survival. Like killing know. is very survivalistic, you know, but as humans, as we've, we've learned how to basically, in, in a sense, conquer survival um, in the way yeah. of... Yeah. In the way of, you know, at least the, the resources that we need, per se. As There's an in, abundance of resources, so we, survival isn't as uh, as well, I mean, it's important, but it's it's not as cutthroat as it was. Correct, yeah, yeah. or as it still is in yeah. a in a traditional nature sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you have that kind of 
back and forth and, and i think too it's i think you're alluding to something that's it's, it's kind of yeah did i here. did i was i making sense was i coherent in that you I were mean, you were you were at least, at least to me because i think that what you were what i kind of interpreted what you were really saying here was, was just this concept of when you when you have this this natural kind of structure of things where we're the most powerful tend to be the most dominant yeah you know, and that's nature wise too. You know, the ones, the, the one, again, it's King of the Hill set of battle where it's like, you know, you kill and it's like, now you're the leader, mm-hmm. you know, just like in the animal kingdom for most, most places, like if you want to be the, the big honcho, you got to fight the guy that's currently in power. Yeah. And, and if you win that fight, like you're now in power. And, and I just think that like, it's all about lobsters, baby. <laughs> But, Jordan Peterson reference, sorry. Yeah, yeah, but when you but 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 with that with that kind of structure at it, you can you can see that if you are the one that that doesn't have that power to have that reign, you're going to need to find meaning and purpose and other aspects. Yeah, and therefore you that's why you this whole this idea of the slave master, you, you're turning it on a dime, and things that have been you know maybe in the animal kingdom or in, in traditional nature viewed as weak, mm-hmm. we have now flipped that on the face and, and made it immoral. Yeah. Uh, amoral, not immoral. Well, no, it would be moral. Would be? No, it would be. We've made those things immoral. Amoral just means without morals. No, Immor- I no, I meant like talking? we made it amoral. Like it is amoral. That's what oh, I'm talking yeah, about. Oh yeah, okay. I'm okay. talking about the yep. slave mentality. I get like, exactly. What yeah, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just, <laughs> no, I just realized that when I said we made it amoral, it it, it kind of almost sounded like we made it immoral. To you know, to to, to turn the, the like forgiveness is immoral. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, no, amoral. Yeah. Not forgiveness is amoral, not immoral. <laughs> Maybe I should. I find know exactly that. what you're talking about. It's kind of like that thing where it's like, do I take a left here? Right? No, a right? No. Sorry, I meant correct. I mean, yes, that that's that is correct that you <laughs> yeah. take a left. You know, because right means just start saying left for wrong. How there you that? go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm Am sorry. I right about this? Uh, no, you're left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. Am I right-handed? No, I'm wrong-handed. <laughs> Which is, yeah. We're going off the rails. No, we're not because I, and, and, and it's like, no, in Catholicism, it's actually like the left hand is the hand of the devil. You know what I mean? That's been a common, I'm dead serious. Thanks for bringing it back, back around. But yes, you're right. Yeah. Yes. Yes, you're right. It, I mean, traditional, I mean, why do you think people, right-handed people are so dominant, uh, you know, in society? We bred out the gene, yeah, but like, you get didn't get us all. Get rid of those fucking left-handers. Am I right? For those of you that don't know, I'm left-handed. That's, <laughs> I guess I don't know if I've told my listeners that, but I don't think I knew that actually. Yeah, but I no, it's funny too being a left being a lefty because you know they're, being they're, a lefty. Oh, <laughs> I guess we cover politics too. So oh, that, great, that's this a double. Great. That's a double double, double entendre. entendre. Yeah, um, yeah. Our words fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Double entendre. So we. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so being left-handed, you know, there, there's certain people that I, I think what's funny is that there, there's people that I swear knew that. And then they'll be like, oh, hey, I didn't know you were lo- you were left-handed. I, I mean, I'm honest. I didn't know you were left-handed. You did? Oh, you didn't? No, I really okay, didn't. Okay. Yeah. So I, I am Southpaw, baby, all the way. And, so, I, and I, said that the, I said something to Southpaw and they're like, I don't know what that means. I'm like, oh, like fighting your, your left-hand dominant Southpaw? Yeah. Nope. Okay. Because, right. ga- you know, you're, they're not gamers, maybe. Oh, possibly. Or they Or they don't skateboard or something like that. Yeah. Or no, what, what uh, what's what's skateboarding? If I uh, switch, no, no, it's goofy. Like if 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 my oh, right foot is yes, forward, then yes. it's uh, goofy. I'm yes, goofy, goofy yeah. stance. You yeah, have, yeah, you have standard and goofy. Um, yeah, I also play inverted too. So inverted. Yeah, yeah. I have to. 
Just, really? I can't. That's, that's it's just like if my, if I don't, my brain is like uh, doesn't make that. Yeah, I'm, I'm the complete opposite there, which is is why. But you know, so that, enough about us. <laughs> I know, but that is a point of you yeah. know. It's just like I don't, again, maybe that's another reason why I was sympathetic. Well, I'm left handed. I don't think it's my devil's hand. I don't, you know, <laughs> right. It is strange, right? If you think about it. Well, I, actually, I mean, it, it, uh, so uh, in, in terms of Christianity and the whole uh, uh, angelic uh, mythos, right? So it was Gabriel was the right hand of God, and then. Uh, uh, shit, what was his name? Uh, before Lucifer's name was Lucifer, he had a more, uh, L, he had a, a, a name with the uh, uh, suffix of L, right? I, oh God, I can't remember. Well, you keep telling it. Maybe I'll look it up. Yeah, so like God, I mean, it, Lucifer was the left hand of God, right? And so he was the, I can't remember exactly what he was charged with, you know, but one of the things that he, uh, now granted a lot of this I read in uh, Milton's Paradise Lost, which we referenced in our uh, last episode about sort of uh, out um, second uh, references in biblical texts. But uh, yeah, Lucifer was this, uh, was the left hand of God and he did things that basically, it you know, it was sort of, it sucked to be his servant. It sucked to be God's servant. And, and in a lot of the ways he rebelled. And one of the, the common phrases from Lucifer, he said, "Is I, I would rather reign in heaven than serve in hell." Uh, yeah, it's interesting. And I heard, yeah. uh, I heard this, and again, I think it's non-canonical uh, in, in Christianity. But there, there, there is a theory that says the reason why the oceans have salt in them is because in supernatural lore, salt is divine. Salt like protects uh-huh. from evil spirits and whatnot. Because salt is 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 considered to be the ashes of an angel. Um, and they said that the reason why that the, the, the oceans are salt water is because the battle of heaven, the war of heaven, when, when St. Lucifer, um, wanted uh, to defy God and there was a war that sued right. before he was cast down yeah. that the, 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 the ocean is salt water because it's basically all of the ashes of the fallen angels for the war over heaven. Oh, okay. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. And the fallen angels themselves turned into demons. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the demons sure. are the fallen angels that that backed Lucifer's rev, uh, revolt. Which you know, and and I and again, what's interesting is these are all secondhand accounts. I haven't like directly read these passages in the Bible. Yeah, um, you know, it's more no, of, a lot of the time they're not yeah. in the Bible at all. Yeah, yeah, actually, you know what's great actually about that? So a lot of references uh, to angels in the Bible specifically are sort of depicted as like I don't want to say monstrous, but they are depicted as sort of sometimes they're depicted as, as human-like but a lot of times they're depicted as sort of larger than life and they have these qualities that aren't quite human and they're sort of frightening and then if we look towards our classical interpretation of what demons are they're obviously have share similar qualities in, insofar as they can be viewed as monstrous or sharing qualities that aren't necessarily human and i think that's because if we look at it they're they're Demons are, in fact, fallen angels, and so they they share those similar qualities. So, uh, do, do you have any luck in searching for that at all? Uh, Helio, uh, the fall, the the fall. Okay, this is this is what I found so far. the The fall from heaven motif also is a parallel in the Canaanite mythology and ancient Canaanite religion. The Morning Star is is personified as the god Altair who attempted to occupy the throne of Baal, uh, of Baal. And finding he was unable to do so, descendant and ruled the underworld. The original myth may have been a lesser god, Halel, trying to dethrone the, the Canaanite high god, El, who lived on a mountain on the north. 
Huh. But like it's just saying here, this is this is like Lucifer's background. Oh, you know, okay, so I think it's Samael. Samael was Lucifer's original name. So I'm looking up here. Uh so he, in Hebrew, Samael means the venom of God, poison of God, or blindness of God. Uh and he was an archangel in uh, Talmudic and post-Talmudic lore, a figure who is the accuser, ha, Satan, seducer, and destroyer. So I think, yeah, I think is, yeah. Interesting. So this is, uh, apparently this is, uh, this is the, it says um, Isaiah fourteen twelve King James Version. Uh-huh. Um, quote, how art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? Hmm, and son of the morning which is hilarious because uh in in the show lucifer which is a neil gaiman kind of back creation with other people right um his name on that planet is lucifer Morningstar. yeah um which yeah. I, did, I guess i now I'm actually you know to... so what's really interesting about that is so uh we so that so that uh <laughs> okay i i've got a reference again that the the uh zeitgeist uh again yeah that, that documentary that we were talking about it was largely this exploration into the astrological astrological origins of christianity which could be debated however what's interesting about that is that the morning and the evening star and uh so in astronomical terms not astrological terms the morning and the evening star is actually venus the planet and it is when so when you look at you know you remember the uh what is it the I don't know how to, what to call it, but it's it's sort of this uh, this fairy tale, you know, like as you know, when the first star that you see at night, you can wish upon it, and it, like, and you'll get the star, you know, you'll get whatever wish you want. You know, no, you you know see Pinocchio. Is that it? When I, you wish upon a star, you know, and it's like the main star, the northern yeah, guess, star. Like, yeah, I guess, there's been a huge. Yeah, I guess thing. that's where it comes from. Anyway, I don't know. So th- uh, that's in Pinocchio it's about wishing upon a star and getting what you wish, and it's a, it's the brightest star in the sky and all. Sure, that kind of yeah. Stuff, so, so oftentimes, the the, the first star that that uh, that you see at night is Venus, which is not a star, uh, but that's because of just the reflective gas that's that surrounds the planet. So it's 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 oftentimes the brightest thing that you that you. And not see. only that, though. Fun fact about that <clears> is to interject is when I took astronomy. And in college, my professor had told us that on average, uh, with what we understand, how fast light travels and kind of roughly how we understand the distance between these planets, we are seeing the stars in the sky that we see are actually the light reflecting of maybe 10 to 15 years ago on average. <clears throat> so the sky that you see, we're actually it's, it's time traveling. We're, we are seeing a sky that's 10 years older than what it really is because of how long it takes the light. To reach us, yeah, yeah, which is fascinating to think about. Yeah, I mean, you know, most of the most of the stars in our in our galaxy are are uh, tens and sometimes hundreds of light years away from us, right? And, and which is right. Know, so it takes. What it a sounds long time. like it's, it's the light travels in a year. Uh, well, two, th- yeah, the, yeah, the <sighs> way light travels in a year, so that's why it takes so long to get here. But secondly, what it really does do is what he because the first thing he said in astronomy, he goes, "You are your intuitions are going to be wrong because we're talking about things that are so massive." It'll be, it's impossible to conceptualize how massive these things are. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The fact is, and this is what he's described. If light is the fastest thing that travels and it takes 10 years for that light to reach us, imagine how massive that light must be to, for us to still even see a sliver of it 
for how far it has traveled. Yeah. He yeah, goes, yeah. it's inconceivable to think about it because oh, some yeah. stars are even bigger than this. You know, stars out there yeah, are much uh, yeah, our, 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 our star, our sun, this, the sun, is actually a relatively small star. Most stars are, I mean... Yeah, it's relatively small. And then if you think about that, we can fit like over 300 Earths. Yeah, I don't know the exact number, but it's like... No, it's can, 3 million Earths. Three three, million or something Earths like that. Into, so into we can... Yeah, so if you really think about all that, like it's impossible size, to yeah. really understand the size and oh, scope of oh, the universe. Yeah, it's, it's, it's purely insane. You know, fun fact here. So uh, uh, the... Um, pardon me, I'm about to sneeze. <coughs> Shut up. We can... Why don't we just... I'm leaving that, that in there. You're Go gonna ahead. Cut, you're going to leave it in? Okay, fine, whatever. So uh, uh, interesting fact, fun fact... Uh, the speed of light is uh, just under 300 million, uh, th- yeah, 300 million meters per second. So uh, in scientific terms, that's, uh, oh God, it's three times 10 to the minus uh, eight meters per second, uh, somewhere around there. Any physicist, you can go ahead and correct me. Um, so anyway, so light, tra- the, 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 the rate at which light travels, it actually experiences no time. Hmm. It's because of the 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 uh, the energy involved and and the and the speed. What's interesting actually is the closer uh, uh, in speed that you get to the speed of light, you you would need uh, increasingly more energy, and you actually need an infinite amount of energy to get to the speed of light. So what's interesting about photons, for example, is that they're constantly traveling at the traveling at the speed of light, and if you could experience. Uh, what it mean, you know, whatever a photon would experience if it was consciousness, you would actually just, it, it would be like that, the snap of the fingers. It would just be that and, and death or its absorption into, uh, into whatever it's absorbed into. So consequently, because those uh, photons don't experience time, uh, what, what would it mean to travel faster than light? Then you actually have what's, there are hypothetical uh, particles known as tachyons and tachyons actually, uh, re- experience the reverse of time right so i i've heard about this so i i I guess what i've been understood is that the concept of time travel is not that it's it's not possible it's more along the line that like the amount of energy that would it would take to do that is is that's what's not possible yeah it's not the the time travel itself but it's the energy to move at that speed yeah. is no is not even yeah. conceivable yeah. Yeah. and and how we understand the the physics that we that we yeah. know that's precisely it yeah you get things like uh what's called tachyonic anti telephones which are this great idea where you could send information into the past by making a phone call with the the power of tachyons we're getting way off the rails there but anyway uh the, so what were we talking about so the the morning and the evening star mm-hmm. in in ancient uh egypt was this very uh in uh, important concept and so because of uh judaism's interaction with uh, egyptian mythology the morning and evening star was was sort of placed onto the idea of lucifer and uh that's where we get the name from in fact also that's where we get the symbolism of uh of the islamic is well i should say in general islamic flags because there's the crescent moon and the star that's a, that's actually the morning star which is venus yeah. And so I think what's uh, I don't know where we were going with that. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> but I think I, I want to bring up the show Lucifer for a second because they have a very fascinating interpretation of of Lucifer that uh-huh. I think is really interesting. They, you know, and and th- their version for anybody that hasn't seen the show, Lucifer isn't necessarily a bad guy. He just believes in the show. He believes that human beings should indulge in the pleasures that they want to indulge in to yeah. a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. And he yeah. says that <laughs> 
He says, I'm not evil. He's on the side of us. Exactly. And he says, my role is to punish those that does that, that had, had sinned themselves. Like basically he is saying that it's a misconception that I influence people to do things that they were already built to do. Yeah. So he was trying to basically make that point of like, you so, know, he, so, so let me just get this straight. So sure. he is punishing those who go against their own nature. Correct. Okay. So he was trying to say that it's like, you know, God had these like set of rules and he goes, people view me, view me as a villain, as a bad guy. He goes, I'm not a bad guy. It's just my job to be, to be the warden of hell. Yeah. I got cast out and now I'm supposed to punish those he goes, I've never, ever convinced people to not do what they already had an inclination to do. Yeah. And he's trying to state that, like, why why call me the bad guy when simply my job is to punish what humanity has done to itself? Yeah. Is <laughs> is how he phrased it. That's another great way of putting it. Right. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting that's yeah. an interesting interpretation. And then you have, like, Good Omens, mm-hmm. um, which had just come out, which is... We another- still haven't finished the series, uh, you know... Let me just say this real quick. My wife is a is an avid consumer of Neil Gaiman, and uh, she is also one of those people where if it's not exactly like the books, she throws a bit of a fit. Sure, and my mom's so, that way with James Patterson. Oh, sure. He yeah. writes a lot of like uh, crime novels, and every time my mom sees a James Patterson novel, like turn into a movie, she is She's absolutely like, that's upset. that's not how it yep, was. You yep, know, yep, like, yep. Uh, anyway, so like I haven't, I still haven't seen the end of the of the new Omens TV show on Amazon Prime because. Uh, my wife, she's like, eh, it's not that good. It's not com- not compared to the actual uh, book. I have. And I think I, I wanted to finish it. Well, anyway. no, I mean, they, they do things like, so for example, um, David Tennant's character is Crowley. Yeah. Which is. God damn it, Tennant is great. Tennant's great. Yeah. But Crowley is often depicted as kind of like, the, the, the you know, the, I, I guess you say it's like, it's, it's the Satan's like, you know, man he's yeah, like, number sure, one sure like he's yeah. like the head demon yeah like yeah. crowley is the one that's <laughs> kind of like the head demon and lore but in this version crowley is the one who became the snake and convinced adam and eve to eat the fruit sure yeah and i thought that was like also an interesting take of yeah. like you know and then and you know this idea of an angel and demon being friends yeah. and and their interpretation is very much like you understand it the demons there are not depicted as like these you know like these gross morphic creatures they look like angels uh-huh. except their eyes are a bit different and their wings are black instead of white. And so it's just like, you have like this, you know, like again, a classic example of the light, you know, versus darkness, darkness versus light. And, and you just have them where they both look like angels and one just looks like an angel of darkness and one just looks like an angel of light. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and you discover through their friendship that they have more in common than what you would think that they would have. Yeah. You know, and it talks about them just mainly trying to elude and stop the rapture. Um, but it's, it's, it's just the, you know, again, whether people that are religious hate that or don't hate that, I, I am just fascinated at different interpretations. And I think, you know, we're kind of wrap, you know, we're at an hour, 20 minutes. Sure. This is kind of what I want to talk about. And I want your opinion on this. I really want to kind of move into the, this, I guess this idea of viewing religion and the same. Oh my God. Now I just lost what I was going to say. Tell you what, let me, okay, you say what you're you going to say. Go ahead and, and think I'll about, think that about for it. A minute. So there's something it. I want to add too about the, the temptation of, of Adam and Eve, for example. So the, a lot of the time it's come down to a serpent who tempted Adam and he's just like, Hey, or no, 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 sorry. He tempted Eve. And then mm. he's like, Hey, why don't you go ahead? Take this to Adam. This is great. And she's like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll do that. 
uh, so uh, there are some uh, Jewish texts or Hebrew texts, I guess, to be to be more ac- accurate here, is and talk about this figure uh, Lilith. I don't know if I've, if you've heard about this. I've heard so, of Lilith. Yeah, Lilith, so, yeah. So Lilith is this figure in in uh, 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 Hebrew lore and, and mythology. Is that she was the she was the original. Um, uh, counterpart that God made to Adam, basically, like so. The story goes in in uh, the book of Genesis that God uh, made Adam from the earth, and then He uh, took a rib out of uh, out of him, and then made Eve. Uh, which is actually funny because for a long time, like I was told this story that like men have less ribs, literally less like ribs than women because of what God did, and I'm like, oh, that makes sense. That's bullshit. Yep. Uh, so <laughs> I was like, really? Except my yeah. mom's got a spare rib, but it's made of cartilage. It's, she's got like that hard oh, cartilage. Right. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah. It's yeah. pretty interesting. Anyway, uh, so. so, uh, so yeah, so that, you know, that's the story that you're, that you're told, right? Is that, that Eve was made from a spare rib, uh, uh from a rib, uh, from Adam. However, in there in, in some, uh, in, uh, Hebrew texts, God actually made, uh, a counterpart for Adam from the same material from the earth. And this, this character was Lilith. And she was, in fact, tempted by this serpent at first. And she's like, this is great. Why should I stay in, in the garden? And she tried to convince Adam, like, hey, dude, like, you should eat this fruit as well. We can go off and do whatever and fuck and have a great time. And he's like, no, no, I, I, God doesn't want me to do that. So I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to do that. And she's like, all right, well, fuck this. And she left. And and she was originally supposed to be this this tempter of Adam. And so. Adam, you know, told God, he's like, Hey, look, dude, like this lady that you made for me totally ditched me. So like, what the hell He's like, okay, go to sleep for a little bit and I'll take a rib out of you and we'll make, we'll make another person. And therefore you get Eve. And even still like, uh, uh, the serpent was able to tempt Eve. And again, that's another, this is me being the, 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 the small percentage, uh, of me that's woke is that, you know, this is, a, <laughs> this, you know, this is another parable for showing, uh, how, you know, women were perceived as, as, as the, the bad guys, so to speak, in, in that women oh, were absolutely. able, were, women were able to be tempted and the serpent tempts Eve and everything like that. And it was, it was, it, it's the, it's the patriarchy that's, that is the, but again, like certain you know, things, so, like, certain things that come up to you where you're just like, you know, when, when they ate the fruit, their punishment was just like, okay, you're no, you're, you're no longer <clears throat> immortal. You have a lifespan. And then he's just like, women, childbirth is going to suck. For yeah. And then you're yeah. just like, wait, did they even know that they can have children? Like, is that like a right. thing? It's like, like what where, like, yeah. you know, it's like, you didn't tell us about that. Like, so it's just like, where did that come from? Where did childbirth come from? Did God just create that on also, the fly? Also, like, you know, so like, guess what? Like more people ha- appear in the Bible, right? So like after Adam and Eve. So that's uh, what I did, said. Like, where do those people they come, come from? from? So like that, Adam though. and Eve fuck, they have kids. Guess what? Their kids have to fuck. Or that's the thing too. Like there's, that's the other aspect of it where it's like, you know, it, somebody pointed out that the, this is actually, a, this is, a, <laughs> this is a comedian comedian. I don't remember her name, but this is what she says. She goes, I have a theory of why human beings have short lifespans and we're, we're not as, you know, intelligent or we're not as smart and we're not as frugal as we were in, in the in old Testament times, because we're really just inbred. We were thousands and thousands of years yeah. of inbreeding that has led us to be like the, the morons that we are today is the joke. Yeah. You know, the, yeah, how we attack sure. each other. And, you know, we have a lot, you know, we just, you know, I just think, you know, when I watch, I'm watching the expand on Netflix right now. Oh, it's the like expanse. A, yeah. Expanse. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Heard, uh, in Netflix. Sorry. Yeah. Amazon prime. It's a, yeah. it's on Amazon. It's originally thought, a sci-fi show. 
Oh, that's right. It was on the Sci-Fi yeah. Channel. That Originally it's Sci-Fi. Yeah, now it's right. on Amazon, Amazon Prime. Picked it up. But like you know, one of the lines that always gets me is the detective. He goes, you know, I've been a detective my whole my life. I've seen all the horrible shit that humans do to each other. You know what I mean? Like, you, and that's the thing. Like, if you really thought about all the crime that goes on, we do some terrible shit to each other. Yeah. And you know, we're, we're just trying to live in a world to justify that. And I guess this is what I kind of want to end on. And what I mean by end on is like the last main topic. I think we should discuss. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and um, I remember. I, I approve of that. Yeah, I remember. So. Okay. Um, what I love about Sam Harris and his critique of religion is something that resonates with me. And I kind of want to talk about it. So he says that in the scientific method, you know, as you said, with skepticism, I'm going to revert that. I'm going to use a different word. I don't think it's skepticism. It's criticism. And I think that Josh is dying. I'm criticizing my own self. Yeah. I think I tried to speak and swallow at the same time. That usually works. So, Sam also brought up that everything in, in that we understand scientifically in human nature has been critiqued and then made better. And that's how we went from monarchies. That's how we that's how a lot of the modern world at, uh, adapted a liberal kind of style of governing. And 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 and, and again, you have people like Steven Pinker and Michael Schumer who are more optimistic of, of how we've progressed as humans. And we're actually in a much better place, even though there's a lot of still terrible shit. Sure. We're actually in a better place than we were. And they believe that the ability to critique review and make better to to like technology kind of where what's technology, all we're constantly doing is nitpicking and making it better and, and critiquing religion because it's divine text does not give you the ability to do that. You don't have the, the chance to shape it uh-huh. into something that could be better for everybody else because it would defy the purpose of it being spiritual in nature. And what you have is this hodgepodge of a mess, like in the sense of like everybody, the longer you go and the older these texts become, the, the, the broader the interpretations are. Yeah. And you run into problems because this interpreted that way, but nobody's able to like remodel or critique because it's divine, you know? And so kind of maybe you see where I'm kind of getting at here. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, as as, as somewhat of a a student of philosophy myself, what we do in philosophy is we take, we take tests, texts and we try to understand what they're saying and we critique them and we see what we like. We see what we don't like. We see how well there may be metaphysical claims map onto reality. And we also uh, try to understand in general, like do, do we think they're giving a charitable claim to, to the real world? And, and it's one of those things where it is a, well, unfortunately, and fortunately, at the same time, on we're running on the heels of, of uh, you know, nineteenth century and twentieth century existentialism. Is that what came out of there was this sort of realm of deconstructionism, and so we constantly are, are revisiting things and critiquing them and and breaking down certain notions that we have. Uh, from the from the old world, from the Middle Ages, and it's and, important and, to bring out real quick, just a little sure. little sip. It's yeah. important to point out that the critique is not to destroy. The critique is to expand on and grow, and sure. come up with different. Yeah. Like it's it's philosophy is a lot of like okay, this is what this guy said. Let's critique that. Then let's either make it better or interpret it this way. And like a lot of other philosophers expanded from other philosophers. Oh yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Where you're like, Oh, and like every time, like when Ian introduced me to these new philosophers, like, you know, especially I'm reading a a Nietzsche's biography right now. Well, a lot, 
Uh, well, yeah, one of his biographies. <laughs> and a lot of it's like, well, Nietzsche was inspired by, uh, what's, it starts with an S. Uh, Who's the philosopher? Uh, Schopenhauer? Schopenhauer. No, yeah. is it Schopenhauer? Yeah, Schopenhauer. Yeah, it's Schopenhauer. Yeah, and so it's just like, <laughs> um, you know, like he basically it just talked about right now I'm in er Nietzsche's early life and Schopenhauer like really inspired him and then he expanded on that. Yeah. And the more philosophers that I look into, the more that other philosophers are like, yeah, well, this person was inspired by this and this and then they expanded on this and mm -hmm. you know, yeah. that it's just a, it's just growing. Like it's like a plant where yeah, it's just yeah. like they're just they're taking and they're critiquing and they're all growing up. And, of each and other. What, what I think what you were getting at here is that religion see it was what it does it does the same fucking thing the problem is is like when you go and and you find any critique of it in the modern age then you're looked at as some kind of monster right you know yes. uh, you know you're like oh well if you if you critique religion look man we believe this stuff like this is stuff is is divine you well, can't you're critique by the it. devil it's the devil's thinking you know yeah, it's exactly. like you have that and that's kind of that's, the, that's the sort of pigeonhole that that right we, that we find ourselves in is because uh you know ultimately okay for example you know like you're talking about sam harrison and recently in my mind you know we did that episode with a woman um God, we, we talked about her in an episode or two ago, but she did this uh, episode about leaving the, leaving the uh, Westboro Baptist Church. Yes. And, I mean, those people are intense. And, Very intense. Uh, for sure. And one of the things is, like, they, they, they're fundamentalist evangelical Christians. And, you you know, if you try to critique with their religion, they'll be like, how, how could you do this sort of thing? This is this is the work of the divine. This is You can't critique that. And... It's this really strange thing. Like, I don't know how you arrive at that proposition. I don't know. Even, even with Islam, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, that is, 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 it's the critique of that religion is, is, is a controversial yeah. shitstorm these days. Yeah. It's like, you're xenophobic or, you know, you, you are Islamophobic or you, you, you are racist or you, you hate them. You don't like their culture. Yeah. And it's just like, it is just a slew of misunderstanding of just trying to really kind of more focus on ideology. And that's why like, I'm sympathetic to Sam's case where he's like, I'm not like I'm friends with some Muslims. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that like all of them are this way or that way. Yeah. And he even admitted that like, if anybody wants to kind of like redefine and, and kind of like, and again, it's in the context of liberal values that it should be Muslims that understand the religious text to, to be the ones to do that. He's even acknowledging that yeah. it's not, should be him. That it should be with, from within Islam to reform and all this. Yes. Stuff. Because at the same time, they're the people that live it, experience it and believe it. And yeah. it's important that those that believe are the ones that also modify and make better because that's I, okay, you know, that is that, that right there is, I think I just stumbled across what I believe is the difference is like with philosophy, you don't have, it's not, pre you, it's not predicated on belief. Right. And what I mean by that is that you don't have to believe to critique and improve. Yeah. And in religion, no matter what religion it is, if you are not a believer of that religion, you are not in the right at all to critique. And for me, I think how religion has adapted, especially Christianity, is they, they, they just kind of morphed it to where you have stipulations. A, you got to believe. You got to believe. If you don't believe, can't critique. Yeah. And also, if you believe and you want to critique, we're not going to call it critique. We're going to call it interpret. Yeah. yeah because sure. it's divine. Yeah. So, like, for me, it's like if we want to grow or change, how is Christianity mo modeled? Oh, no, we haven't critiqued. We're divine. No, no, we, we, we believe and we've interpreted. Yeah. It's about, like, trying to change the interpretation. 
And that is not necessarily, as we see, it just causes a hodgepodge of, of a collection of beliefs. There are a lot of religions out there. Yeah. Yes, some of them are way more popular than others, but there are a significant amount of them that yeah. all believe in a different creation story and a different version of what happens to us when we die. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, th- I think, uh, you know, we'll wrap up. I, I, and I think the last thing that I'll, that I'll leave here uh, with everybody is that, you know, belief is a, that I think you were getting at is, is a really, it's a powerful thing. Yes. And uh, we don't have time to get into that. And so uh, what I'll say lastly here is that belief is this thing that has these, it has a function insofar as it, it really informs us in, in how we perceive the world and interpret different things. So like with Christianity, for example, you know, believing deeply in these, in these doctrines, you know, whether it's the new Testament and, or the Bible as a whole, like that belief is going to inform how you view the world, no matter what. And, and it's not, there's no reversal there. You're like, you're not looking at the world and like, okay, how is it? How is, how is the world really, if we can do that? And how should I inform my beliefs uh, after afterward? Instead, it's the reverse. It's like, look, these are my very core value, values and beliefs. And all of those are going to inform everything else, how I view the world from now on. Sure. And no room just, to change, yeah, grow or expand. Yeah, exactly. And so, I think that's the difference. That's the crux of the issue. Yep. And, and then for me, yeah. oh, sorry. No, you said no, no. and. Go ahead. No, no. Well, I, I, I guess I just think that the, the power of belief there specifically is something that I don't I don't think we'll be able to, to, to leave sight. We'll, we'll have to come back to that. We will, time. because yeah. I guess the last thing I'll say is that the, the my my core issue with belief is belief is interpreted and understood differently in a religious context than it is in any other context. Like, for example, I believe in throwing salt over my left shoulder when I spill the salt because of the folklore of it bringing you bad luck. A part of me knows that that's not real, mm-hmm. but I believe it. So I do it. <laughs> yeah. And for some reason, a lot of other aspects of belief, you can you both can exist at the same time. You can know sure, that it may yeah. not be real, but yeah. believe like it makes me feel better to believe that that's the way that it should be. And so for me, it's just like, if we can acknowledge that Santa Claus is something that makes kids feel better to believe in, but we say that it's not real eventually, you know, that is a belief we had that we prove is wrong. And some people may still believe that, you know, with religion, it's belief is not viewed that way. Belief is viewed as, as definitive. Yeah. Exact. Absolute. And that is where like, you know, that's the interesting thing about belief and we will touch base on that more later yeah for sure yeah but, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that it's no yeah. by no means the, the last of that you'll hear from us on the on the subject exactly so, with that in mind uh I, i'll just say that um i know uh our our listenership probably hasn't been the the strongest in, in this the series that we did about sure. about the sort of western and or more uh popular western uh, religions um, however, I think, uh, we learned a lot. Um, and I think this sort of afterward, uh, uh this episode, uh, on the podcast is something that, uh, you know, this won't go away. This won't be the last time that we talk about this and, and, but it's important to air what we think about this sort of thing. And I, and I like doing this episode and, and don't worry, you, you can expect more from us uh, on this sort of thing. As far as the unstructured thing, I know we, we kind of went in this direction of like structured, you know, informative podcasts, 
don't worry like we like doing that sort of thing but we know what we're good at so we'll go back we'll go back to it so honestly i think that was well said so we're gonna end on that all right guys all right, thanks we'll for see tuning you next in time. See yeah you next we'll time. see you next time on the anniversary episode am i oh, right yeah bye-bye Deuces, bye. hit pause come on you can just keep going i know no, no, no. <laughs> Uh, everything that guy just says bullshit. Thank you.